BYUSN one more week. BYU football returns one week from tomorrow with a ton of new faces. Which new transfer and new freshman are we most excited to watch? And one national writer says Kalani Stock could be on the hot seat if this year goes poorly for BYU. No. Plus, Jeff Hansen of 24-7 Sports breaks down the talent increase, the amount of depth on the squad, and middle blocker Whitney McEwen-Larinus from Montana on the season opener against number five Pitt. It's a very busy Friday. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. August 25th, which means a week from today, we're into September, and we're into football season. All right. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who I believe does not have a hole-in-one yet in the golf course, correct? I do not. Do you have a hole-in-one? I don't. I've come within two inches. It's oh, the closest nice. I've That's been. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't come remotely close uh, before. But uh, Ashley Hatch's husband got one, and so she made a very funny video. <laughs> we'll show you right now. If you haven't seen it, you got to go. So, uh, yeah, Jeff is his name, and she made him a little case, and then she's like, all right, let's put it on the shelf. So she moves the NWSL champs, the golden boot for most goals, the SB she won. Oh, yeah, here it goes. And then it says, this made us $0. This is, this is well played. Well played by Ashley. Well played. To honor El Jefe with now, the hole-in-one. Now, a hole-in-one is significant. I would dare say, if and when that happens for me, that would be by far the greatest sporting accomplishment in my in entire life. Man, it, it's just. Would that be the best for you? Maybe? I don't What's know. Better? Like I guess playing on a team and like, you know, winning region championships, things like those like resonate with no me. Who freaking the, cares? The uncle well, okay, it matters get, to me. If it you matters get a to hole me. And one, it's way cooler. No, but the thing is like like it could be on the super easy par three. Like if I it depends on the course. Well, like, why isn't everyone the, the dropping distance. holes in one then? The a lot of people do. More than not you a, think. Not a lot. More than you think. My brothers had three. Well, he's a good okay, golfer. So like really what, what I'm saying is like, no, it wouldn't be because it's not in competition. Competition matters more to me. Like, I want to accomplish something in competition, not just it's fun to play golf, right? So if I did it in a tournament, then yeah. yes. That era is over. We're in the solo range now. <laughs> like City League champs in basketball or something? Oh, I'm, like, talking, where, about, like, I'm talking about like team accomplishments I had when I was in high school. Like, those yeah. things matters, resonate with me. No, I know, but that was the first 20. You're going to have like 70 <laughs> other years, man, where it's just <laughs> you, bro. Hole in one of You asked awesome, to this dude. point, what's your greatest athletic accomplishment? Yeah. Like, I don't have a hole-in-one. If it were in a competition, if I'm in a golf city league and I yeah. do something, then yes. My would-be yes. game winner at Columbine in, uh, you know, junior year of high school. No! It, it would pale in comparison because another team came down and made a buzzer beater, by the way. Well, that, that right factors into it for yeah, sure. That, that was annoying. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. We are one week and one day away from BYU playing their first college football game officially as a Big 12 team, not in the Big 12 conference, but with the Big 12 logo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And, Jaron, because they have ramped up to the Power 5 level, they have added a ton of new faces. This is why Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator, is saying we feel like we have upgraded to the Power 5 level at every single position on the offensive group. Jay Hill has said similar things, not using that rhetoric per se, but he says he feels like they went out and got some 
needed pieces to be able to compete against this quality schedule. So we want to talk about some of those new faces. In fact, we're going to throw out some superlatives. The guys that we are most excited to see that do come to BYU with a new look per se. So we've broken it up into four different categories. The freshman you're most excited to watch play, the transfer you're most excited to watch play, the returned missionary you're most excited to watch play, and how about the backup? Yeah. Who's the backup that you're like, I want to see that guy on let's, the field? Who's the backup? Let's, I want to see yeah, that guy yeah. on the field. Okay, so let's kick it off with the transfer. Which transfer are you most excited to watch play BYU football one week from tomorrow? I'm going to take out uh, Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robinson. Okay. Those are the top two. Uh, Keelan Marion. Keelan Marion, from what we've been heard okay. and been told uh, from uh, you know various people, from Fessy Satake and, and others, is this guy's way better than you're thinking right now. Like, like he is so quick, so fast. He played big-time high school football in Georgia. For some reason, was under-recruited, kind of like Cody Epps was, right? He's catching a pass from Bryce Young. BYU gets him. It's like, how did BYU get this kid? How did BYU get Keelan Marion? He's been under the radar. Went to UConn, broke his collarbone last year in game one at Utah State. Keelan Marion is going to be awesome. Like, this is, I'm so excited to watch him play in a very talented group, but there's been a couple of injuries, right? Got a few guys sitting out here and there in camp. Keelan Marion and Darius Lassiter haven't missed anything. They've been there, it seems like, the whole camp ready Durability. to go. And Keelan Marion is going to be a baller, dude. I am very excited about that. Durability matters for sure. Yeah, we're all excited to watch the quarterback and the running back. The difficult part about this question for me is I can only choose one. I can only choose one transfer that I'm the most excited about. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what Keaton Slovis can do and will do for BYU. And so it's not like a complete mystery to me. Like, I'm aware of what – I've seen him play before in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Granted, he was a freshman at USC, but I've seen him play before in that stadium. Aiden Robbins, I am not as sure about, but I have seen a ton of his footage. I've watched a ton of his highlights, and I feel like I have a decent grasp on what he will do. Now, the one, the one guy that I just straight up want to watch play that I have not seen a ton of film on, probably because he's on the defensive side of the ball, is Eddie Heckard, who comes over from Weber State. I am most excited about – Eddie Heckard and what he will do to be able to lock down opposing offenses or probably their best receivers when he's stranded out there on an island. When BYU's defense is more aggressive, it puts more pressure on guys like Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson to step up and make plays because they're the dudes that just are out there. So if they don't get a pass rush and things don't go well in a certain defensive play, then it's up to them to prevent something catastrophic from yep. happening. Yep. And he was bred to be at BYU because – his name's not Hellard, okay? It's Heckard. He is one of us. One of us. One of us. Now, yeah, one I, time did I ever think about that. I, <laughs> ever. These are the things I think about. <laughs> I'm so excited to see him play, too. I, Isaiah Banya and Jackson Cravens, and uh, there's other transfers, right? Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Okay, let's go to freshmen. Which freshmen are you excited to see them on? Well, can you blame me after what Aaron Roderick said about this kid? L.J. Martin. Me too, dude. L.J. Martin. Yeah. Bro. He's like, he's, we're told he's ready to play right now. Like, if he had to step in, if something, heaven forbid, happened to Aiden Robbins or, and, and L.J. Martin needed to be the guy for BYU, they feel like he's ready to play right now. Which is wild. This dude is, like, he went to prom a couple months ago. Like, well, you don't expect freshmen to make an immediate impact that often, especially at a skill position like receiver. Um, but L.J. Martin's good enough to play, Aaron Roderick says. And Aaron does not mince words. 
And LJ is a massive steal from BYU. He was originally going to go to Texas Tech. Then he later committed to Stanford and decommitted when David Shaw left there. And now quite the coup BYU pulled off. It's quite the coup. And I yes. really credit uh, LJ and his family for listening to my Uncle Connell, who after uh, he decommitted said, hey, consider BYU. And BYU was all over it. Um, so shout out to Connell for uh, at least who's friends with the family saying, at least consider BYU. Just hear yes. what they have to yes. say. And obviously they made that decision. But like, LJ Martin being here, that's awesome, man. Like, El Paso kid, there's a lot of BYU fans in El Paso. There's a lot of new BYU fans in El Paso. Um, and when they play Texas Tech, that's going to be a cool situation for the kid from West Texas. Let's go. He's got the physicality. Mm -hmm. He's got the speed. I mean, you just look at him. You watch him. You see him in practice for a moment, and you're like, no way that kid is a freshman. ESPN no 300, way. number 17 running back. BYU doesn't get these guys. BYU doesn't get these guys. Now they do. And we've learned and been told that he is going to play a role this year. Even though he is a backup, he will have some meaningful snaps you need three as a backs. freshman at running back. Aiden yes. Robbins got to take a rest. Deion Smith, I mean, I don't think LJ's going to come in for Deion per se. No, but the competition at three, you had to beat out Hinkley Ropazzi and sure. Miles Davis. Like Miles he, Davis has run for 124 yards. you got to be a baller yeah. to earn the right to play, Let's and go. he has done that. So LJ Martin takes my freshman spot. Me too. Okay, how about the backup you are most anxious to watch play for Deion Smith. Oh, Deion. Colorado's leading rusher. Didn't have huge numbers, but a guy who, again, is looking for the opportunity to excel. I kind of call it the Alex Barcelo principle, where you ha you've had a lot of talent, but you haven't really been able to show it yet. You get in the right system, right place. Like, Deion Smith could have uh, a nice year. Obviously, Aiden Robbins is your number one, but the backup uh, running back is Deion Smith, who's versatile in the way he can uh, block and catch the ball and obviously run. This is his last year, so he's trying to make an impact, trying to get a shot at the NFL. Deion Smith, another P5 transfer in that backfield. I wonder if we will see both Aiden Robbins and Deion Smith on the field at the same time at any point. I'm sure there are formations that exist with both of them. I would see, yeah, I would guess there is something. that We'll see both of those guys on the field at the same time. And then how do the H-backs factor into that as well? Like, it, it's, this, this could be a fun backfield to watch. Like, if you go, you go power formation – I think BYU will do that at times. It could be fun to watch. Okay, my backup is Darius Lassiter. Frankly, Jerem, I, I feel like he could be a starter right now. He very well could be, depending on health. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens when the depth chart is released early next week. Slash who shows up on the field. But I believe that Darius Lassiter is worthy of a starter position. Amen. Right now, I think he's probably in the backup role because he's not one of the first three. You have the three incumbents with Roberts and Hill and Epps. But then I feel like Keelan Marion and Darius Lasseter are right there. And there's going to be a rotation of up to six guys that are regularly on the field. So yep. do you, does it really count as backup? I don't know. But if he's not listed first on that depth chart, then technically, yeah, he's the backup I'm most excited to watch play. I like his size, 6'3". He's over 200 pounds. He's super physical. And Fessy Satake says he has the best hands of anybody in the wide receiver group. That's saying a lot. Okay. That's a good group. It is a great group. Okay, so he's my backup. Now for the returned missionary. Who do you have yeah. labeled as the return missionary you are excited to watch yeah. play at some point? Uh, it, and it'll probably be minimally because I don't think return missionaries should play a ton that year after. It just It's tough on the body. John Henry Damon. Yep. This is our nepotistic pick because it's David Nixon's nephew. Besides that, I would have said him. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, his brother Michael obviously is a talent as well. But John Henry Daly, he's got like this very noble name, which is fun. He's a defensive end, an edge guy. I'm excited to see him in the future. I, I don't know that he has a massive impact this year, 
because off a mission, but in the future, he is a name to watch. Yes, I agree with you. We didn't talk about these, we, by the no, way, before we, the show started. We enjoyed the, uh, uh, the, the guessing game. The surprise. Yeah. So we are, are in agreement on the two of these with L.J. Martin and John Henry Daly. Yep. Now, because we do agree, I, there was one other name that I considered putting here for the return missionary I'm excited to watch the most, and that is Raider DeMooney. Raider DeMooney could see some time at, at safety, safety, depending on lineup, Because of lineup. the injury to Micah Harper, yeah. we'll see how much BYU's depth is tested at the safety position. Raider DeMooney, I believe, is going to be special. I would love to not see him a ton this year so that he can acclimate. Yes. I would love to, for him to retro. Yes, like, and like, be great next year. Raider's going to be a baller. You can play in a few games and still redshirt, but still, like... I want Raider to feel comfortable and fully back and get that twitchiness back and his speed all the way back. That guy is a, that guy is He's a gonna kind be special. of Kua-like ball He hunt. is going yeah. to be special for BYU. So Raider DeMooney and John Henry Daly Amen. hit that return missionary and, and the safety spot obviously has been hit hard, and they're going to need some depth there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see the majority of the guys we just discussed when BYU takes the field in how many days? Countdown to the Bearcats. Eight days away. We're within one score of days, but not score like Abraham Lincoln's score. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a score is seven. A score of seven years. What? Eight Topic days two. away. Eight days away. Let's go, baby. Topic two. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic listed Kalani Sitake as one of three Big 12 coaches who could be fired if this year doesn't go well. Why is this dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't even the dumbest thing we're going to talk about in the show. Okay. It's later on in the web. Let me preface this with <laughs> the fact that I think Stuart Mandel is a great journalist. I like Stu. Stu typically this is, is his on worst point. take ever. He is typically right on point. Yeah, this is a bad one. So, he does so much good stuff. <laughs> Kalani Satake could win two games this year, and he still wouldn't be on the hot seat. Correct. Like, there's... His, it would start to get a little warm, but it's not that warm. No, his it's not seat warm. has been chilling in the Arctic for the last two years. Three years. Okay, you've got the chilled salad plate. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it might be room temperature if he only wins two games, but even then, he's fine. He's, he's got, fine. He's got a two-year leash, at least. We're talking about a man who has gone 29-9 and nine in the last three seasons. Yeah. 29 and 9, including 11 and 1, 10 and 3, and then there was the setback last year of 8 and 5. What a setback. Oh my gosh, only 8 wins. He's 22 games above 500 in he was, his seven seasons. He was hovering near 529. Yes, that, then Aaron that's Roderick when truly. And the offense turned it around, baby. Now that's when truly, like after the first three, four years, that. It was yeah. a little bit warm then. Like at 2 and 4 in 2019, yes. it was getting warm. It's like, oh boy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. but. To your point, Aaron Roderick steps in. He gets his guys. Kalani went and got his guys. He maneuvered things on his staff to get to where he wants to be, and now he's in a very comfortable position. But, no, this could not be, like, further from the truth. Ice cold is the lower third. It's ice cold take. Also, does Stu understand the dynamic of you've got to be a card-carrying member of the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like, to be the head coach? There's only so many dudes. It's not like any other place. There's no other place that self-restricts on who they can have as a quarterback like BYU, or sorry, the coach, like BYU. So unique dynamic. Obviously, if this um, season doesn't go well, next year is interesting, but there is at least a two-year leash for Columbus. Jeremy, this is I don't the like program. talking about like warm seats for certain coaches or whatever, no. but the, the, the fact is that if you have like back-to-back terrible seasons like yes that reality could occur or it's after the next year but like 
Yeah. Hey, uh, the men's basketball program, they got to show something this year and the year after that or, or th that conversation could be had. But not right now for either one. No. Not right now. Maybe we're, Stu just wanted to rile us up, so maybe we're playing right into his hand. Well, I, again, like, I'm, let's I'm get teasing the BYU were, fans going here. There were some other comments that really riled me up. I'll tell you about it later. No. Like, not from yeah. Stu, something else. He's got at least two years. This is the this is the school and the program that had three losing seasons in a row between 2002 and 2004, and then still, finally, we're like, okay, maybe we should make a coaching. Well, change. and there were off the field issues that needed to be addressed. Yes, and this was in the Mountain West. Oh, mm -hmm. this is <laughs> Kalani should feel very comfortable. Also, he just signed a lengthy contract extension. Well, this can be blown. But still, like based on what he's done, oh, love you, Stu. This is but way off our no. question of the day. The way. What are you going to do with your final weekend before the return of BYU football? Mm. What's your answer? <laughs> I'm going to yeah, I'm going to do exactly what Nick Lee said on X. What did I, Nick Lee I legitimately say? thought this. Hug my oh, wife wait. and kids one last time. Where's he a puppy? <laughs> nice. I just we just went through the calendar and laid out the fall, okay, <laughs> at my house. And <laughs> You throw in some Big 12 basketball media days yeah. and seven other road trips, and it's We're like, excited about, by the way. hey, um, I'll see you during the bye week. <laughs> We're going to have a great time. We're going to go do something special during the bye week. Yeah. If the Baltimore Orioles win the division, the bye week happens to coincide with when they would be hosting an American League Divisional Playoff Series. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping. So I said. Highly recommended. I maybe, did that last year. Was maybe awesome. we'll go to Baltimore yeah. during the bye week, but uh, until then. It's going to be you, ships in the night. Rarely do people say those words that you just said. Um, Amy <laughs> Purdy on Facebook. Watch BYU Volleyball and Soccer. We got the season opener for volleyball tonight, women's volleyball. We got soccer at 3-0. You called mm -hmm. the game last night. Mm -hmm. More on that coming up. Let's go. Okay, uh, Monday. It is game week, so join us for Coordinators Corner. Gregor Bell talks to all three coordinators, Aaron Roderick, Jay Hill, Kelly Pinga, Monday, 2 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYUSN.com. Up next... It's indisputable his value in the BYU football media world. Jeff Hansen. He's at the top of my list. Indisputable. 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 If you know, you know. He's number one from 24-7 sports. Which players is he most excited to watch play eight days from now? BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill. A unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Happy Friday, everyone. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It's time for Indisputable <laughs> with Jeff Hansen of 24-7 Sports. Uh, we say this because Jeff has been putting out fantastic you, lists. You of, cannot argue. You cannot argue. Lists. Like these lists are, are just are rock solid, indisputable. Jeff, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation as we count down eight days away from BYU football. In fact, nice shirt. Yeah, we need to start there. The, the Lavelle t-shirt, it feels so appropriate on a day like today when we're so close to football season. It does, man. Lavelle couldn't be here for the, for the Big 12, so I'm, I'm doing my best to bring Lavelle to the Big 12 with us. And uh, not an ad, but shout out to Dustin Ivins. Makes a great shirt. 
It feels like an ad, Jeff, but I feel you. It's uh, a little bit of an ad, but I promise it wasn't an ad. Lavelle's first win was against Kansas State, so it, it's like he set it up uh, against the Big 12, which is exciting. We mentioned some of those lists you've been putting out on uh, uh, Twitter and boldest guarantees of the year. What are some of the best content that you have seen in your engagement from BYU fans as we are all excited for football? Man, everybody's super pumped. Uh, I've been really kind of surprised at the optimism from a win-loss record. There's a lot of people out there that, hey, eight and four, nine and three. I mean, we saw some of those kinds of predictions, so that was pretty bold. But no take was bolder than Stewie Mandel's asinine take yesterday. (laughs) Alani Satake being fired. That's bonkers. I mean, that's banana land crazy. He could go 0-12 this year and maybe 0-12 next year. He'd be fine. Yes. He'd be just fine. And I mean, even just like the practicality of it, I know you guys talked about it already, but you want to take a problem and make it a million times worse? (laughs) Fire your coach one year into this Big 12 transition, (laughs) and that's how you make that happen. Holy cow. Well said. Jeff Hansen of the 24-7 Sports Network is with us on BYU Sports Station. Our question of the day, Jeff, centers on, you know, what you do with the final weekend before BYU football is officially back. And Jeremy and I were just joking about, you know, hugging our wives and, you know, seeing them in a few months. I'm, I'm legitimately going to take her shopping tonight for like four hours. Like that's, I'm, that's not a joke. That's, that's what is happening tonight. What are you doing on your final weekend with no BYU football? And you got to do what you got to do. So for me, high school football started three weeks ago. So uh, my wife is already kind of out in purgatory. She knows that she'll talk to me maybe in January. So that's where we're at. But she did let me know that she's watching right now. So I got to say that if I adjust my glasses while we're on air, that means I love her. So that's how we communicate during football season. Okay. I just kind of push my glasses up a little Look bit. Look at you, Hornacek. Sim- yeah, yeah. Simply exactly right. for the family. <laughs> yeah, this is for you, kid. Um, okay, fall camp is done. Uh, the team's getting ready for Sam Houston. What do you feel like you learned in fall camp, and what questions do you still have? Man, uh, there wasn't a ton that I think we – I mean, maybe, maybe confirmation of what we already thought, right? We thought Keaton Slovis was going to be pretty good and thought he was going to be comfortable. I think that that was confirmed. I, I think we thought the defensive line – or excuse me, the offensive line was going to be really deep. I think that that's been confirmed. But I think there's still a lot of question marks out there. I mean, we really don't know much about this defense really at all, right? I mean, there hasn't been a ton of – media observation, coaches, you know, it's coach speak. It is what it is. So we don't know a ton about what's out there yet. Uh, but I think that we know it's going to be exciting. I think we know it's going to be more aggressive. I think we know some of the pieces and how they're going to fit into the scheme. But still a lot of questions about what that actually looks like. You know, what does the depth chart look like? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we know a ton about that outside of you know, maybe five or six guys on defense. Uh, but we know what the offense is. I, but like I say, I don't think we learned that necessarily. More of a confirmation of what we all kind of assumed going into fall camp. Jeff, you just presented a bunch of valid questions and cycled through, you know, four or five different things that, yeah, are the burning questions as we approach the season. But if you had to pick one that you're just like straight up kind of frightened or maybe really concerned about, what would it be? Uh, how is the secondary I, I just don't know what that secondary depth chart looks like I really love BYU's corners we know about Micah Harper and the second and the, the injury that he suffered he's out for the year so what does that secondary look like because I know what Jay Hill ran at Weber State I watched a lot of Weber State football over the years 
And BYU, not only do they need guys, right, to run that man scheme or to run single high safety, they need a little bit of depth. I don't think there's going to be the substitutions and things like that. So you don't need depth, you know, from, from possession to possession. But if a Micah Harper goes down like he did, does BYU have the depth to run what Jay wants to run? If another guy goes down, then you really start to get a little bit weary. You know, if Eddie Heckard, heaven forbid, were to get hurt in week one or week two, who steps up and is that physical press corner that Eddie Heckard is going to be for BYU this year? So that's maybe the biggest question mark I have is, is how does that secondary come together? I like the talent in the room, but how do they how do they effectively run Jay Hill's scheme that's so much more aggressive and so much more physical than what uh, than what Elias Tuiaki did for over the last couple of years? You look at the high school ranks, you follow recruiting heavily. What are you seeing in terms of the talent of this team compared to the last couple of years since BYU brought in 31 dudes from the portal? Uh, it's definitely more talented. Uh, you know, Dana Holgerson talked about it at Big 12 Media Days of like every team in the country is kind of figuring out who they are because there's so much transfer. I, I mean, guys that are re being relied on that are brand new to the program and only three or four weeks into their tenures, right? So uh, there's a ton of talent on this team. I look at guys, AJ Vonkvachan. I look at, you know, uh, Eddie Heckard, Camden Garrett. The talent is there. How does that talent mesh? How does that talent learn the scheme? What does the chemistry look like? All of those, I think, are question marks. But from a pure talent standpoint, Jerem, uh, BYU got better this year. I, there's a lot of people that like to say that BYU lost a lot to the transfer portal as well. And I would dispute that. I don't think that they lost that much. I think they lost three or four guys that they would love to have this year. And then they lost some guys that well, they lost some guys. But they replaced them with guys who are going to be difference makers this year. The sooner they can come together and figure out how to play within this scheme and how to play with the, you know, the 10 guys on the field next to them, uh, then I think we see that talent manifest itself. But we may not we may not see a tangible difference for the first couple of weeks of the season because guys are still figuring things out. Yeah, it's still weird to see Keenan Peely in a Tennessee uniform. Saw that over the, week, the last few days. I was like, that just looks weird. So we obviously <laughs> would love to see Keenan still playing at BYU, but you know, I want to focus on the linebackers, per se, because out goes Keenan. You bring back Max Tooley, Ben Bywater, and add A.J. Vankpacha. Do you feel like the depth is there if you go behind those three guys? Because that's, that's a bunch of relatively young, new guys. You know, Harrison Taggart, Isaiah Glasker. Like, what do you feel about the linebackers as it pertains to Jay Hill's defense? Yeah, I, I love this linebacker room. And, and, and you nailed it with the top three, right? I mean, Bywater, Tooley. AJV. The last time we had a, a three initial guy, KVN turned out okay. So now we got AJV. Uh, I, I love those three. I do. I think Isaiah Glasker, I mean, buy the stock now. Like the hype coming out of camp is absolutely for real. He does so many different things and he did it at Bingham. He just did it out of the secondary and he was small. He's a little bit bigger now and the game has kind of changed. And I think it, it's changed to match what Glasker brings to the table. Love what he brings to the. I think he's super talented. Harrison Taggart. Uh, the only question for Taggart, like, I mean, talent isn't a question at all. He's got the speed, the strength, the size. It's how quickly he learns things. He got here a little bit late, uh, so how quickly can he get up to speed? But once he does, he's absolutely talented enough to even start. I mean, he's that kind of player. And and you always go down betting on a Kafusi and BYU's got two in that <laughs> linebacker. Feel pretty good. So. Uh, I love the linebacker room. I think they have the depth. And I think what they have is, is kind of the new age of what depth is going to look like. 
you're going to have your starters who are the experienced upperclassmen. And then your depth after that in this transfer portal era is going to be young, talented guys. Because if there's a senior or a junior who's super talented, but is still sitting in the backup spot, he probably is going to transfer going forward. That's just the way that things work now. So I like the way that linebacker room is set up. You've got your three seniors, your three upperclassmen who are going to lead the way, and then some really talented young guys uh, that, that are just chomping at the bit to get on the field. BYU's favored by 20 against FBS newcomer and 21 spring FCS champ Sam Houston. Would a 20-point win be enough for BYU fans? I think so. I mean, I, I would hope so. It would be enough for me. I don't know that it's ever enough for BYU fans. I think we all want to win by 50 every week. Uh, but this Sam Houston team, they've got some guys, and they redshirt. So when they found out that they were going to, to go to the FBS level, uh, their coach, they met with their entire team, like all of their difference makers, and said, hey, look, you can play out your senior year right now, or you can transfer, or you can redshirt your final year of FCS and then be with us for one last hurrah when we're an FBS school. And they had a shocking number of guys that agreed to redshirt and sat out last year. So this team is experienced. They're upperclassmen. They're, they're, they're talented. I think Sam Houston's going to give BYU a test, especially in the first half. BYU, right? We've talked about it. They want to make a statement in the Big 12. They're excited about their new stage, their new platform. And they're going to surprise some people. All of those same arguments can be applied towards Sam Houston, who they're looking to make the same kind of statement as they move to the FBS level. So I think 20 points, I think that's fair. If BYU wins by 20, I'd be thrilled. Uh, Sam Houston can play. The Bearcats are really good. Jeff Hansen is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Maybe I called it a while back a, a trap game. And, you know, I, I, I don't I hope that BYU is not I in that mentality, agree, but I get it. It's not in them. I hope that BYU is not in that mentality. But I I feel like there's enough urgency on both sides, Jeff, to your point with trying to prove points that we're going to see some entertaining football. And that's very, very exciting to think about. We appreciate the time you spent with us. Uh, go find another Lavelle shirt. Uh, I'm a medium. Jeremy's a medium. We'll Venmo you whatever we, we owe you. Just uh, if you could help us out, we, we'd love to support Lavelle as well. Got it. No, it's all about Lavelle. I'll, I'll get you guys taken care of. No sweat. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Great stuff. Jeff Hansen. He's bringing such great insight. And he is, you know, as much as we can't discuss recruiting specifics and names before guys are, like, officially signed with Jeff them, can. Jeff can do that, and he does it at a very high yeah, level. Follow Jeff's stuff. Yeah. Uh, we do. Okay, join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nix for a brand-new episode of After Further Review as they look at the impact players, including Keaton Slovis, Aiden Robbins, and more Tuesday on Game Week, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. All right, we've uh, prognosticated a bunch. Why not do a little bit more? Based on what we have heard recently from experts picking BYU to finish as high as 5th or as low as 11th, where do we feel like it's going to be closer to? This is BYU Sports Nation. First? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Threads still going, apparently. Uh, apparently. It's still going. Remember when it was popular for it like three days? It was very popular for like a couple days. Three days? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good try. It's owned by Instagram, so it will still exist. It'll still be there. Yeah. They're not going anywhere, yeah. per se. Yeah. Welcome big. back. This is how we do it on a Friday as we count down to BYU football eight days away. And uh, we need to get to some headlines as well on a Friday. 
Cougars in the NFL preseason notable games this weekend. Zach Wilson and the Jets taking on the Giants. Of course, Aaron Rodgers getting the start in that one. Tyson Williams and the Cardinals taking on Jaron Hall and the Vikings. Chris Brooks and the Dolphins taking on Caleb Hayes and the Jaguars. Puka Nakua going to call Dana White again, maybe, with the Rams. <laughs> against Tomasi Laulile, who just signed with the Broncos this week. And Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams and the Saints taking on the Texans. 11th ranked BYU women's soccer moved to 3-0 on the season, unbeaten, untied after a victory over Long Beach State 2-0. Thanks in part to goals from Bella Foligno, her second of the season, and the third goal of the season on an absolute rocket of a shot from Olivia Wade Katoa. Here it is. Walbrook. Falls to Katoa! Off the top of the post and in! Uh, it was so unexpected because the game pace had like slowed and it was almost boring, and then she just like did that from 30 plus yards. That was a what the heck shot. Yes, like, I'm sorry, what just happened? Yeah. Unbelievable. Good. And it's yeah, off the crossbar and down, like, those are the best, Quite right? Quite skilled. Those are the best. Using the That framework. shot was as good as her Spanish. And that's very really good. Really good. And it's very good. Really good. BYU trying to get to 4 0. They'll play on the road at Boise State tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, on the Mountain West Network. Number 17, BYU Women's Volleyball has a massive season opener coming up at 2 Eastern. Gets number five Pitt, who went to the Final Four last year, ended BYU season in the second round. It's a fourth meeting in three seasons against the Panthers. It's hard to beat a team four times, they say. It's the first of three games this weekend for the Cougs, all in Missoula, Montana against Pitt, then a doubleheader tomorrow against Texas Rio Grande Valley at 2 Eastern, and host Montana at 9 Eastern, all on ESPN+. BYU Men's Basketball beat KK Split. 84-78 as part of their foreign trip. The Cougars led by Jackson Robinson, 17 points. Noah Waterman added 10 and 10 rebounds to get a third win on their foreign tour. LMU's Cam Shelton was on that team, by the way. KK Split. KK Split. Fun. Uh, in the track and field world championships in Budapest, Hungary, Courtney Wayman competes in the final of the steeplechase coming up Sunday. Awesome. And Zach McWhorter will be in the pole vault finals tomorrow afternoon. Congrats on getting there. Let's see what they do in the final. Good luck to those incredible athletes. Those are the headlines. Now let's offer up some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Yesterday, Kyle Whittingham told a Salt Lake radio station that Utah will be in the Big 12 with BYU for two to three, maybe five years. Huh? Because Utah's going to leave the conference in two to three, five years? He thinks it's all going to be blown it's gonna up. going to get blown up? Is he referring to the NCAA not running the football now? They le they're going to leave the NCAA or something? Like, what is he alluding to there? I have no idea. That's why too. I'm very confused. Like, what, what does Kyle Whittingham know that we don't know? Like, is, is this the end of the NCAA? Is he calling his shot? The oh, end of the NCAA world? It feels like a lot of grant of rights have been uh, signed past that timeline, so I'm not sure. But he was asked um, about, you know, the return of the rival, the permanent return of the rivalry. And I'm going to say this as sarcastically as I can, Spence. The grace, humility, and gratitude Utah has displayed <laughs> while the Big 12 rescued it has been nothing but tremendous. I'm proud of the way Kyle Whittingham continues to handle questions related to BYU and look forward to some amazing conversations in the future. Two to three, maybe five years. Where are they, where are they going? Also, just answer the question. Where are they going? We like, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to play. It's awesome. Well, great. I look Say something to... nice a couple years ago. Say something nice about your rival. Who, who, uh, who's our rival? rival? Who's our rival? Kyle. 
Come on, man. <laughs> this is what you want, though. You want us to get riled up about it. So congratulations. Well, I'm more riled up about the two to three to five years. Like, what? What? What are you talking about? What? Are you, yeah, what? You what? just signed your grant of rights through 31, I assume. So what are you talking about? A panel of CBS Sports analysts predicted the Big 12 order of finish for this year, with BYU coming in as high as fifth. Who said fifth? And as low as 11th. Wow. Which is 11 is where they were picked to finish by the coaches. So, Jerem, will BYU finish closer to fifth in conference or 11th? Probably 11th, because I'm hoping for like a ninth place finish in the league. Um, I hope BYU's not in the uh, bottom four or five there, but I'm expecting six and six, four and five in league. I think that'd be a nice start, all things considered. We yeah. don't know how hard the Big 12's gonna be with this new look group. How much do ties come into effect once you go down the standings? Like, could BYU finish like T8? Yeah, <laughs> and then there's nobody that's right? ninth or tenth. It's <laughs> just then it picks up at eleventh, twelfth. Yeah. It's gonna get weird. They're fourteen teams. I feel like BYU is good enough to win five games in league. I said as much. I've been saying it all summer. I said it last week again during our season preview show. I actually I said it. I was on Tuesday. Feels like last week. It was Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So I think eight. So I'm I'm going like dead in the middle. I, I think BYU is good enough to finish eighth in this conference with a five and four conference mark and win seven games. There you go. As mentioned in headlines, uh, number 17 BYU taking on number five Pitt today. Fourth matchup in now uh, three years. Will BYU finally beat Pitt? Oh man, I want to say yes so badly with just blue goggled guarantee. Pitt's just like at the peak of their powers right now. Like it, it feels like they're on another level right now. I, what what has Heather Olmstead added and done? That is the question to get the better uh, of Pittsburgh this year. I'll tell you. Give me a reason Claire, to believe. Claire Little is a top 25 recruit okay. at outside. She's going to be number She two. was awesome in the blue-white scrimmage. She's going to be the second outside. You bring back Bauer and Livingston and McEwen Larinus, which is coming up in a second, like combo from yesterday. And then the libero is from Arizona, the starting libero. She is an increased talent as well. So BYU is, I, I think, uh, you know, losing Nighting was a big thing, but I think overall got better. We'll see if it's enough to beat Pitt today. Did, it's a huge challenge. Did Pitt maintain, get better, or did they I don't know. come down a little bit? I'm not bit? calling the game, so I didn't pay attention that close. I hope. I hope. <laughs> they, they are due. BYU is due to It'd beat be nice this team. It'd be nice to start with a win like that. That'd yes. be big time. 100%. If they don't, it's okay. They got a lot of good non-conference okay. coming up. Hey, I'll throw on the blue goggles with the information you just gave me. You know what? Let's BYU's go. taking down Pitt today. Let's go. Watch Let's it on go. ESPN Plus. Too. Let's go. BYU football with Kalani Stocky returns Tuesday with the season opening a dish as they recap fall camp preview week one against Sam Houston Tuesday night 830 Eastern on the BYU TV app get your free tickets to the show on BYUSN.com up next Jerem goes as he mentioned one-on-one -on -one with Whitney McEwen Larinus I'm getting stuffed <laughs> like she's gonna block me so hard a preview from the players perspective of another huge matchup with fifth ranked Pitt this is BYU Sports Nation no way I can hit around that block this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. We are live in Studio B. Jerem, it's game day or a ball night for BYU women's volleyball. Yes, it is. And yesterday afternoon, I talked to uh, Whitney McEwen Larina. She's added the maiden name in, last name. We're using that, the double dash, three names this year. <laughs> uh, Heather Knighting uh, was tremendous at middle block the last couple of years. Now Whitney takes over 
as the stud middle blocker with a couple of young other middles as the second options there. Good BYU team taking on Pitt. Here's my conversation with Whitney. All right, Whitney, uh, how's Missoula, Montana? So good. It's actually so beautiful here. We love it. Montana's super underrated. I've been there a couple of times, and it's been awesome every time, especially this time of year. Yeah, there's so many awesome outdoor things you can do here. So we're not going to be doing any of those, though. We're going to be playing some volleyball. <laughs> Indoor only. Um, you start with Pitt. You get, uh, you know, Texas, Rio, Grand Valley. You get the Montana Grizzlies. You're sitting in the uh, stands there. When Heather Olmsted said, hey, we're going to Montana for the opening weekend, what was your reaction to that? I was like, all right, I'm excited. Yeah, wherever we go, it doesn't matter where we go. I'm excited about it. Get to start the season. That's what's most important. And then you get Pitt. This is going to be the fourth meeting in three years. Um, you played them at the beginning of last year in, in uh, Provo in September. You played them in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So technically it's back-to-back games with Pitt here. How are you feeling about a fourth matchup with the Panthers? You you probably feel like you know the team pretty well at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, actually uh, we do. It's It's been so fun playing them every single time we've played them. And we're excited that we get to play with them again and start out the season with them. So we're super excited. We, we've been working really hard this offseason and we're ready. They say it's hard to beat a team three times, let alone four. So the fourth one's right. going to be the one, right? Fourth time's the charm. <laughs> Let's go. To play the number five team in the country out of the gates, they went to the Final Four last year. They were awesome. BYU's been awesome the last several years, including a Final Four in 2018. What does it mean to start the uh, season with a matchup like that of number five and number 17? Honestly, it's the best case scenario for us. Being able to play such a good team first really will help our team and show us things that we can get better at and keep building on for the rest of the season. Now let's talk about uh, your season. Certainly last year um, came onto the scene in a massive way, which was amazing. You had a, a tremendous year hitting and blocking, teaming up with Heather Knighting for the last couple of years. It was awesome. Heather is now going to be playing professionally in Turkey. How have you sort of felt the mantle of, of leadership, uh, the matrix of leadership, if if you want to refer to it that way, like transformers, of being kind of the main middle blocker that's going to coach some some young middle blockers. Right. I've been here for five years, started my sixth year. So I know what's up. I know our system. I know our culture and all those things. And so I've really felt prepared to be where I'm at right now to have that leadership position and to help mentor those that are new here especially those in my position. Let's talk about a couple of those uh, young bucks in uh, Brielle Chemivore and Mia Lee, some of the top recruits in the country at middle blocker. How have they been early in the season? They've been so amazing. I love playing with both of them, not only because they're so good at volleyball, but just because they're great people. And I think that they just mesh with our team super well, our team culture. And they've also pushed me to be better, which is awesome as freshmen coming in. Okay, you hit 386 last year, second in the WCC. How did you elevate your game and kind of make that leap as a player in all facets, especially hitting? Yeah, so at the start of the season, since it had really been my first time starting and being one of the starting middles, I really just had no expectations for myself. And my main goal was to just go play my game that I've been training for and just like being able to play with Kennedy Eschenberg and Heather Knighting for all the years that I did, those All-American middles pushed me 
behind the scenes to get so much better. So then at the point of my time to be able to go perform, I felt really prepared to just go out and do what I knew how to do. Uh, and then there's Kate Pryor, who was a big time recruit last year. She's now on the right side um, and she's a massive right side, which is awesome. How has she been mm -hmm. developing in camp so far and in spring? She's been doing so good. Just I've really seen her growth and progress and her coming out of her shell. I think what really helped was her being able to go to the USA collegiate national team uh, events that they had and the training that they had. And just being able to see her grow and blossom has been so awesome. Give me a sense of the leadership with yourself, Aaron Livingston and Whitney Bauer, who comprise kind of the core experience senior three there with this team this year, because the expectations are always high with women's volleyball at BYU. Mm -hmm. uh, this summer, we ran a lot of our own practices and we planned out a lot of our practices on our own. I, and I feel like this senior leadership group has just been so set on what we want to do and has really been holding our team accountable to what we want to do. And our, our practices during the summer were so organized and so intentional. And I think that's just like what I've loved so much about this senior leadership together is how intentional we've been with our words and with our actions and how we're trying to mentor the other girls to the expectations that we have. And those expectations are high. The league acknowledged as much. Obviously, Texas is going to be the top pick. They've won a national championship. They've been dominant. BYU was number two in the preseason poll among the coaches. What did you guys think of that? We were super excited about it. But at the same time, we know that it's just a prediction. It's just a, a number of something that hasn't happened yet. And so because of that, we know that there's so many opportunities for us to go out and play our game and to compete every single match and the outcome will take care of itself. Spoken like a fifth year senior. Very, very good. Uh, <laughs> you're going by McEwen Laranis this year. Uh, mm -hmm. That's new. And we got to talk mm -hmm. about Mitch, your husband. So we've <laughs> talked about it on the broadcast, but for those who don't know, he's a foot shorter. You're six, three, he's five, three. Yeah. How, how did the initial interaction come about? And you don't see too many couples with this dynamic, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we actually met each other at a Denny's in Provo. At so like 1 a.m.? Yeah, it was 2 in the morning. <laughs> Don't worry, it was a weekend. We had nothing the next day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how we met, just through mutual friends pretty much. And um, it's funny because I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Like I would have to think <laughs> that it was going to grow into anything. But he was like, oh, she's into me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he he took the moves after that so um yeah it's it's a interesting relationship but it's super fun super awesome and yeah we love it we all need a mm -hmm. little bit of irrational confidence right like yeah, just exactly. just, a, just a little bit in certain moments <laughs> and that, that's great that he had that at uh denny's at 2 a.m <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> on a mm -hmm. weekend that's so good Okay, um, this group, this season, Big 12, how are you feeling about kind of how the team has come together and what you could do this year? We're feeling so good. And honestly, I feel so unified with the team. I think what's really helped us is our foreign trip that we went on earlier in May and being able to go experience something like that with our whole team really helped us to be so unified and I think helped us get some cohesion early on 
And since then, we've just been able to click as a team and fill in those pieces that we need together and being able to see everyone as a whole. It's just been super good. So we're super excited for this team. Well, I know I'm stoked, uh, obviously, to call the games with uh, Amy and Kenzie coming up this year at home. But people can watch your game uh, tomorrow or Friday when this airs on BYU Sports Nation. Two Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Whitney, thanks for the time and have a great season. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks to Whitney for joining us. Check out all three of these games on ESPN+. Plus. Four Eastern, Two Mountain, as I mentioned, against Pitt today. Texas, Rio Grande Valley coming up tomorrow at 2 Eastern, then Montana, the host up in Missoula. That's where they are, 9 Eastern in the Elysian Invitational. Up next, a rise and shout out to the return of the king. No, I'm not talking about that. Aragorn? (laughs) Although he probably deserves it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Our question of the day, what are you going to do with your final weekend before the return of BYU football, and college football for that matter? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from LJ Pearson on X, who says, rewatch my favorite games from past years. Okay. Last year's Baylor beatdown, 2021's revenge against the Utes, and the 1980 Miracle Bowl, remembering the thrill of when I saw it live at Jack Murphy Stadium. One of the 4,000 fans who didn't leave. <laughs> How about the fans that did leave and then found out later? Oh, oh you'll never tell, live that I down. I wouldn't tell anybody. You'll never you. live that down. I wouldn't tell anybody. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So the return of college football, kind of. There's only one game that matters. It's Notre Dame Navy, which is the first game tomorrow. And then it's a bunch of crappy games. But I'm very excited <laughs> about the return of college football. And next week, it's game week, baby. We made it. Uh, eight days away. Oh, the offseason stinks. Yeah. Here we go. Although it was a fun offseason with yes, conference yes, it was. expansion. <laughs> it was more fun than usual. Our thanks to today's guests, Jeff Hansen of 24-7 Sports and Whitney McEwen-Larinus of BYU Women's Volleyball. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. We ran out of time. Go Women's Volleyball. Beat Pitt. Beat Pitt today. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Travis Hall repping that mid-90s BYU football mm. squad. Yeah. We'll see you on Monday for Game Week. Go Cougs. <laughs>